What's your favorite part of the week, Johnny? Monday. We'll talk about that. The podcast. Remember, we used to say that in the beginning. The podcast. <laughs> the podcast. In case you weren't. Talk about that, Colin. In case you did not know, you are listening to a podcast that you just downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many podcasts have been birthed through this pandemic. I don't know. People are chasing that because it's like no one's paying attention to anyone anymore. And so now we're like, what about me? And they have to get their voice out there. Yeah. We got in before that all happened. We got in when it was just saturated. Now it's way oversaturated. It is saturated. Although our numbers have gone up. You know, you should have heard me on a, on a call with a publisher this week yeah. trying to explain why I'm not a huge social media guy. <laughs> and I used the podcast as my excuse. I was like, look, it's partially for my health. You know, the good news is my co-author I was talking with, he's a huge partially for your health. Guy. I'm dying. I was like, and... <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm allergic to Facebook. Yeah. I was like, and then too, like I have a podcast and I'm just a prose kind of guy. Like I, I prefer to have long form conversations than short forms that can be misunderstood. I mean, they can still misunderstand us, Johnny. Yeah. But it's less likely if we have 45 minutes to an hour. It'd be an interesting exercise to take an episode and just clip out random things and make us say and something see awful. see how bad we can make ourselves say. <laughs> That'd be so funny. All out of context. What? <laughs> you know. What did Johnny possibly mean? I'm sure that's happened, though. I'm, I bet we've said some pretty inflammatory things, if, depending on your ideology. You know, it's funny, and, and I hope he listens again because he'll get a kick out of this. So I won't say who, but someone close to me. Was offended, I think, when we were talking about when they were um, the whole debate over what was happening at the border with children being kept in cages. Yeah, and yeah. We had a conversation, and at the end of it, I said, "Well, guys, can we all just not agree that we shouldn't put children in cages?" And this person obviously agrees with that, right? But was like super offended, like that I was indicating we don't already know that. And I, we, we had multiple conversations and laughing. Even I said. You're the only person I know who's offended by the same viewpoint that we hold. Like we, you actually, yeah, we agree that it's wrong. You agree with that, yeah. But you somehow thought I was indicting you personally, yeah. as if you don't agree with that by saying that we agree with that. Like I don't know, but yeah, I mm. guess it was a. I guess some people think that there are things by saying them you're indicating people don't, and I, I, I assume maybe that's the case. I don't know. I was just kind of like, well, I'm glad we agree with that. What are you upset about? So anyway, there you go, Johnny. There's, there's exhibit A. You can't please everybody. And this is a great example of that. Our show is (laughs) (laughs) exhibit A that you cannot please everybody. We do have a question we're going to get to later today. You Uh, said that last episode and we didn't get to it. (laughs) It's like we bumped it. Like it was Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel. You ever see that? Jimmy Kimmel has been bumping Matt Damon for like years. Oh, wow. It's just a thing he does. He's not really ever... He's been on the show, too, but like at the end of each show, he used to say, so my apologies to Matt Damon. We didn't get to you. We'll get to you next time. And it's just this big thing, and they have this pretend feud. Yeah. But... Uh, that's funny. That's always your dream is to get on a, a late night show as a comedian, but you're the first one to get bumped because you're not famous. You're usually on there because of stand-up. Yeah. So if, if a guest runs long, if Robin Williams in his day came on and he told a really long story, yeah. Johnny would just be like, all right, bump that no-name comedian. And then you would just be like... We'll have you back in a few weeks, maybe. And you'd just be like, oh, you told all your family to watch yeah. or whatever. What a nightmare. Yeah, it's really hard when opportunity appears to be there mm-hmm. and then it goes away. I remember uh, at a publisher last year, get super excited about my children's book, yeah. My Little Fish Named Nelly. I read it to the publisher over the phone. I had this like idea, like, you know what? Instead of me them just reading it, I mm-hmm. want to read it to them. Like I used to do at church. I did it for all the graduates. Yeah. And I get choked up every time I read it. Yeah. Like I do. And so I did. And I'd rewritten it and made it shorter. It was cleaner, 
more historically. And you thought accurate. getting choked up would help, and they were like, "Pull it together." <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> this guy's unstable. I said, "Good day, sir." And so yeah, he's like, you could tell he was moved to just like, oh, you know, okay. And so then I started getting these emails. It was like uh, from my agent quoting that guy. He's like, "We've been talking a lot about Nelly, which is yeah. you know, kind of the." You know, can't wait to, you know, in weeks and weeks and oh. weeks kept going by, you know, and then eventually it was just like, hey, w- w- turns out we've signed too many books. The f- oh, and this was man. like last year, 2000. And one of those books was like a little fish named Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, man. And it would be like 2022 before we could really get to this. That uh. was last year. And I was thinking, Okay, and that's how desperate I get. Sure, sign. I'll sign up for that, and <laughs> just sit yeah. here for three years waiting on it. But it I used to get matter. mad at that stuff too when you go because, like, when you're starting, it like I, I must have done ten or twelve shows my first year of doing comedy, like one a month. You're like, I'm a comedian. <laughs> uh, Jerry Seinfeld compared it to like if you because because when you first come out as your first show, they introduce you as a comedian, and you are not a comedian. <laughs> he goes, it's as though someone said. Hey, you're a surgeon now. Now cut the patient till they feel better. Like that's what you're doing with a new comedian. But yeah, you don't work, and so you know they the the jobs you just start you start taking whatever you get you right. get your hopes up, and I, and then I was I'd be up for something and they go we're gonna look at you for next year and I'd be so let down. But now I don't do that anymore. I'm like, look, I'm gonna be a comedian next year. Yeah, I follow up with them and I go, hey, remember we talked about oh yeah 2021. Now everything's 2021. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> But yeah, you follow up with them, but you don't go, oh, because I always, it's almost like you're holding on to that belief of like, what if I'm not doing this next year? That's what you're basically telling your right. psyche when you get upset about opportunities that are delayed or whatever. Yeah, well, especially when you're first making that jump, though, Yeah, for you guys, you know, like I get to keep both of my jobs. Yeah. You know, regardless. Must, two so, jobs. Man. So far. You son of a gun. <laughs> I get to live Two jobs. I work two jobs. But they haven't thrown me out yet uh, yeah. in the first job, so that's nice. And it, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine making that jump. Mm-hmm. I've considered the jump, like remaining in a volunteer position or a teaching position and kind of helping out, you know. But like, you know, okay, what if I went and just tried to write X number of books a year? And um, and one, I feel very, you know, called to ministry in that, like. The reason I have things to write about is because I'm living. Yeah, that's in part life of it. I think that too. Yeah. Like there are a lot of people who uh, there's examples of that, and maybe it wouldn't be. There's anecdotal stuff of like somebody who goes, "I finally got the writing cabin, and I got the thing, and I spend six months a year there writing, and I'm totally blanking." <laughs> right. They're they have writer's block because they're not immersed in. Yep. They met this goal, this imaginary uh, idealistic goal, and it's like it crippled their creativity or whatever. Yeah, and it's crazy because I do – in my mind, there's always – I've kind of gotten rid of it. We talked about it before, but going on those writing trips. Yeah. And I have done them like where, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to take this cruise, and we, I, you know I have a deadline, and you're okay with me spending a couple You'd be hours, a nightmare you know? on a cruise. Yeah. Laura's a saint. She is a saint. What in the world? Hey, listen now, just so you know. While you're on the Lido deck swimming, I'm going to try to bang out these last couple of chapters. What in the world? You're on a cruise. You're thinking about, I can't wait to get on that lawn chair and write. Well, she sits next to me and reads. And so it's the same thing. Like, I can sit here and read. Does she ever read what you're writing? Do you go, what do you think of this? I do, but that's a nightmare for her. I don't do that to her. Do you, do you, are you watching her? Like, if she gets to the certain part, you're like, huh? Huh? Uh And then she, and then she doesn't laugh. You're like, that was the funny part. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) All the time. Especially like, I still do it. I don't know why. And I can tell her, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this because it's setting us both up for failure. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I got this thing, especially I've been writing about race a little bit lately. And I was like, okay, let me read this to you. Let me ask another white person what they think what of this. <laughs> what's, what's your take, white well, lady? I, I, <laughs> well, I just know that she's listening to a lot of things and, uh, yeah. you know, she's smarter than me. I get it. Yeah, I know what you it's mean. It's so funny. But uh, <laughs> she'll, she'll be like, and I know there's like no way, especially because she's the one I want to impress the most. Oh, right. It's, in this there's world. nothing else. There, I'm telling you that. Tim told me that. Tim Morgan told me that about his wife when he was like, you know what? You're right. He said, there's something about making your wife laugh that is very intoxicating. Oh, yeah. And it is. It really is. There's something to it. Uh, and I, it still does. To make Curry laugh is very oh, intoxicating. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. When Laura gets tickled with something I said, that's a big, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And if she likes That's when you make a move. That's right. Hey, I'm sure that's what you meant. Uh, guys, it's not. Message received, lady. <laughs> yeah. When she, uh, she's so supportive of me. And uh, like I came into her office today and I just got off a call with a publisher and I kind of had some news. Like I had some things to tell yeah. her. But she was navigating, because you know, my wife works a 40 to 50 hour a week job, you know, and she was at her desk and I just came in and just like, hey, you know, I dropped it. She's like, that's great. And I, you know, she, she started asking questions about it immediately. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, well, I'm being de- intentionally vague here. And she was just like, I finally go, well, you think this is okay? She goes, oh, no, it's great. I had an IM come in, an email come in, and this all at the same time you walked in, you know. But it's like you, you have this. Right. You wanted everything to stop. and Yeah, and yeah. she can't. And, you know, and again, yeah. we're old enough now. I'm like, oh, I totally get it. That happens to me. You walk out all the time, talk to me, and I'm on, you know, we're all just trying to work. But, like, yeah, she, thank God, gives me that affirmation, though I've tried to learn to not need it as much because it's not fair. It's not fair to anybody yeah. to, to, for them to be your source Complete right. source of affirmation, you know. Well, and even people who are married to you, they're never going to – you can't expect them to believe in your dream as much as you believe in your dream. You have to have your own thing. Like it's it's Because even when Curry, I'll talk about like when, when we started making money at comedy and I was having some success, I was like, this is our thing. Yeah. Like this is our thing. But again, it's still my thing that she's a part of, but it's right. like – I can't expect her to just be like drop everything right and live in that world with me every time all all day. Her sharing it with me is allowing me the space and energy to do it without condemnation yeah. and with understanding and also I ask her like what I really need from you is I need you to communicate when you need me to put this down. Right, right. Like don't let me go an extra 2 3 hours out here and yeah. you not tell me and I yeah. come in and I've hurt something in the family or I've hurt your feelings and yeah. you needed me. That's what I used to do with like how many dates I took. Yeah. So I was like we're going to say like right now we're going to say yes to everything because we don't know when this is going to dry up. I was very prescient about the pandemic evidently because mm-hmm. I was always like let's say yes. Mm-hmm. But I was like if it gets to a point where you know cuz I mean I remember one month I had 21 events. Wow. This was like two, two or three years ago. It was like March. I remember of, that much. It's like March of 2017 or something. And I had 21 yeah. events. I was gone 28 days out of 30. No, 31. Yeah. And I was like, that was too many. And I talked to her about it. I was like, that was too many. And I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. I don't know. I just, we kept saying yes. And I kind of had this understanding with her that like we we're gonna oh this added okay well this is routed let's do this and then I got I was like I almost had to like repent like I took advantage that was too many days away you know yeah but you don't you you don't often know it until you you have to press and see yeah. what the limits are right um, I mean last year I wrote four books and it was a big year of writing and I told you before we came in I can't think of a time now 
that I've not been writing like for a long time. Mm-hmm. I've been with my agent now 10 years almost. And so it's really weird. You know, there were seasons in the beginning where it was less you're waiting on it. But even when I, if I'm waiting on a book for, to release right now, I'm usually in another one, which is awesome. But I do wonder, I think four might be, I don't know, that might be enough. Like, I don't know if I could do, do well much yeah. more than that. But, um, well, I say all that. And if somebody said to me, uh, we have 21 events for you. You take uh, them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, sweetie, I have uh, loved these last five months so much. <laughs> those stored up, you know, that's, that's what they, now, right. yeah, they're like, a, I'm going to miss you so much. Just take that bank of days. I'm going to go yeah. into it now. Like snow days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back, bro. Hey, listen, I'm telling you. It's I'm, all about people feeling safe gathering. It's not even about me feeling like doing it. It's like, obviously, I'm ready to go, but it's like, when is the consumer yeah. confidence? It's like the stock market. Yeah. You know, the stock market crashed because people didn't trust banks. It wasn't about whether banks were trustworthy. Yeah. All it takes is people to mistrust crowds and venues sure. and safety. And that can be a that could be a year. It could be two. I mean, who who knows? I mean, that'd be an interesting poll. We need to put like a poll on Twitter. When would you feel? Would you feel safe now going to a comedy show if it was socially distanced? What I read, I read Knoxville News Sentinel said mm-hmm. that they did poll. There's like a center at University of Tennessee that has started a bunch of polling at the very beginning of this. Yeah. I think they're using this as an opportunity with students and stuff to actually in real time, right. Like sociological and, yeah, yeah other things based upon i mean it's a brilliant someone you know man yes for a kid studying mm-hmm. you know what all could you get from this and the majority of people felt that they would feel safer when the cases were going down yeah like above all else that's it when the cases were going down i know that um however you feel about masks or don't feel about masks and all those things and i'm not taking a pro or anti-stance just that I know my surgeon always wears them, so that tells me something. That's always my thing. How many so, surgeons do you have, John? Johnny, I have a team of surgeons <laughs> round the clock, ready for me at any moment. But you know, so but even my dentist wears one. My you know? surgeons so. wear them. <laughs> Count backwards from ten. That's just Tuesday in the driver house. <laughs> That's right. Well, with Laura, there has been a lot of surgeries, but. Uh, is that they said the the counties that haven't had mask mandates yeah. have exhibited a 200% increase in COVID hospitalizations, okay. which hospitalizations for me is a very accurate number. Like I know everybody's like, I've got all these stories and I think a lot of them are true. I'm not saying they're not true, but I had a friend uh, who went to the testing center and he yeah. couldn't stay. And the next day he didn't even get tested, but he got a letter saying it was positive. Right. So, okay. So something got screwed up. In yeah, that. but. That's not happening with hospitalizations, though. Right. For hospitalizations, right. if you're in there and that we know of. In COVID hospitalizations. So that means the person was sick, mm-hmm. verified COVID positive, went to the hospital. Yeah. It was sick enough to go to the hospital. So do you, if it's a if it's a masked event, you would feel safer? I think that, well, it depends on the size who, of the room. I think me. it depends on who it is. Yeah. Like, would you? Would I go see you? Well, that's the thing. I'd probably and, not. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. You got new stuff? <laughs> no. Because, uh, like, people, that's why every time somebody p- puts on a show, like Sturgis happened to the bike rally in South Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a quarter million people. Usually it's a half million, but a quarter million people they were expecting in Sturgis. And I think it's already happened or it's still happening. I don't know how long it goes. But they have music acts there. I'm glad you came informed, by the way. <laughs> what? Well, I'm just reading the tweets. I'm just. I think it's it's a thing. Well, I can't remember if it's a week long or what it is. How many people it is? I think it might. It was something. So it's middle of nowhere, South Dakota, but the whole place is just inundated with bikers this one week of the year. Yeah. And a big biker rally. So they have concerts. Well, 
So anytime you are decide to be one of these bands, and then one of them was Smash Mouth, so these people are all gathering, not social distancing, and so every time that happens, it's like people laying it all on the line for Smash Mouth, <laughs> like that's the tweet, you know. So that I don't want to be that guy where right. it's like you risked your entire health for Johnny W, really. <laughs> but uh, but I like to think there are people out there who'd be like, I'm going, I'm their guy, I'm their bucket list guy. Like you know what, we've waited. If we die, we die. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, that's right. To see Johnny. Oh my gosh. No, I think it's interesting. I think. I think, too, you know, one of the interesting things we're talking about in our house is when people get tested, you don't have to buy that at lunch. When people get tested when they're not sick and what that does, it, it will drive down the percentages of death, mm-hmm. but it also then causes a whole group of people to quarantine from school or sports or whatever. Right. It sounds the alarm. Everybody yeah. feels like they got to pull back. Yeah. It's one of those like, well, you know, I get it, though, because they could be spreading it asymptomatically to someone else who spreads it to someone who's at risk. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's these really weird ethical things happening right yeah. now. You're like, part of me goes, if you're not, look... If you're not sick, don't uh, you know, stop screwing it up for the rest like, of us. Yeah, but then again, <laughs> but then again, if you're not sick and you're still carrying it and shedding the virus, so oh, I don't know. Boy. It's a good thing today that I don't lead organizations that have to decide whether or not people are coming That's back. Into what a relief that is! <laughs> oh man, what a nightmare that would be. So yeah. tell me, who is your person? Who who would you be like? They came back. Maybe it's on the line. Maybe it's a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. But I'm going because this guy never comes to town, and we got to go. Laura, put on your mask, put on your cocktail dress. We're headed out. Who is it? Oh man, I don't know if I have. Come on. Uh, honestly, I got a DC talk reunion. It's going to sound like such a Christian. <laughs> I, it makes me so nerdy and and seemingly irrelevant, but I am irrelevant, so yeah. I'm okay with that. But yeah, I, I. It depends on what the event was. If okay. it was like some. For real, I probably would go to DC Talk if they're going to play all the well, songs. Well, all yeah, the but they're not getting back together. Well, except no, for if you though, have a they, million dollars for their cruise or whatever. If it we're was, in hypothetical hypnosis here, which that, it's so funny they chose to come back on a cruise and now there's not going to be more cruises for a while. <laughs> DC Talk, oh my god, what if they were patient zero? What if DC Talk wow. cruise? You heard just, it here, folks. I just put it out there. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Spread. They took the a word. dive. <laughs> <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a, that may be one of the more obscure songs that most people wouldn't That's know. That's okay. It's from the Supernatural. They record. were. Yeah, it was a big record. It was, but only a DC Talk fan. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I don't mean to besmirch the character of DC Talk. What will people think? I <sighs> don't know. What if they stumble, make fools of us all, yeah. give us COVID? No, but so you you would do DC Talk for sure. Yeah, I mean that's that's a thing. I'd probably do Switchfoot. I love Switchfoot. You I would go see. Listen. You would go. So they're probably do. They're probably out there doing stuff. I mean, I'm you saying think? though, the right kind outdoor. of outdoor like an outdoor. Foots, oh yeah, I go to any outdoor. You Listen, go, out, mask you go outdoor out, now. A mask outdoor, especially if it's crowded, and if it's not crowded, no mask. And if I'm six feet, I'm fine. I think Stephen Curtis Chapman's doing the drive through, the drive in, yeah. not drive through. That's weird. Thank you. Pull through. <laughs> and he just and he plays it again. Here you go. There's a toy in the bag. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Who wants a pup cup? And he gets a little whipped cream. That's nice. I would go listen to like him sit with an acoustic and do songs because again, his songs. Yeah. One of those things, like he's doing a lot of like. Well, it's a touchstone of your childhood and yeah. your and upbringing, and your as an artist, your burgeoning artist. Yeah, and he's doing a, he's doing a lot of like bluegrass and stuff now. Mm-hmm. But like, I I really like going back. I'll still occasionally listen to some things because yeah, it's it, it's it's music for me is so tied to memory. It's so funny. I'm running now and I have a new playlist I put together. It's just varied artists, and I've already memorized where I am when certain songs come on. Yeah, I do too. I have yeah, that for sure. I, I, it's like, or a, if I'm ahead of the pace, like, oh, this is normally where I'm at. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing good. Yep. It's like, oh, that's right, because I stopped because I forgot to stretch my um, 
shin splints. And so I stopped and stretched and now I was behind. I was like, oh, I'm usually ahead right here. And I realized why. But I'm doing all this in my head based upon the song. So, yeah, music is is greatly tied to my memory and my experiences. So, yeah, again, I don't know. I know, guys, I'm sorry. I was just raised in Christian music. Like, I, I was... Don't be sorry, John. I end up apologizing for that. Like, I'm, I do listen to other... Th- I love 90s music. And Laura and I uh, went to Ikea, you know, last week and assembled all day on Saturday. And I put on just the 90s music radio. We, you know, we just... Little Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. It's I went to Ikea... It's all filthy. It's really filthy music. Well, every generation has that. But I didn't know it at the time. But see, I know it now and I'm still listening. But now I'm like listening like a parent, like, can you believe they said that? Turn it up. You know, so it's like this weird (laughs) offense that still leads me to do it because it's still childhood. I guess you think, well, I've already heard it. Mm -hmm. How could it hurt me now? Wasn't that a song? How could it hurt me now? I don't know. It's a filthy song. <laughs> I don't <anyway>. think so. <laughs> I think you just made up a song. There you go. Do you really want to hurt me? That's 80s. That's that's a culture club. Yeah, we... What, do you, all, what do you and Curry listen to on trips? We, we're big... Uh, we have satellite radio, so we listen to big 80s. Uh, okay. 80s channel a lot. Well, you're five years older than me. Yeah. So I like I like New Wave a lot, so I like just... I like... There's so many one-hit wonders. 90s too, but... It feels yeah. like 80s was just, there were so many bands that got gigantic for one song. Yeah. And that was the song that they had. And so it's like every, almost every artist that comes on that channel is like, oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah. That's Big Country with their song, Big Country. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, so. Yeah. You know, it was a very, uh, and I ran so far away time. What's so weird about One Hit Wonders to me is that Usually, it really is a fantastic melody, mm-hmm. and the idea that someone who wasn't that because again, you're assuming since they were one hit that they weren't prolific at doing that. How could you be so like if you normally write? I'm just using a hundred point scale here. If you normally write a forty, and one day you just wrote a hundred and you yeah. never wrote it again, yeah, like you know the really big bands they write eighties and nineties all the time, an occasional hundred, uh-huh. and a one hit wonder's like. Nope, they didn't get close. Not any other time. Yeah, and and sometimes you're like, sometimes you could be like, if you're if you are the band, you're like, well, we had a lot of great things, and the record label didn't push us, or that's when they turned yeah. their. That's when the when they went another direction. I mean, we know uh, our guy uh, Travis Wyrick, who produced our records. They were in a he was in like an '80s band, yeah. like hair metal band when hair metal was big, and late '80s. They were on the verge of getting a deal with Sony. Yeah, they had been traveling. They toured the Southeast. They had a nice following. Cassette tapes was the big thing then, but that was like, that was their deal. They opened for Bon Jovi at Thompson Bowling Arena. I mean, it was this huge thing. So they were getting ready to get a deal with Sony. They're getting ready to go meet with them. They get a call like two weeks before the meeting. Hey, our guy just got back from Seattle. We're checking out this whole grunge thing. We may be going a different direction. We're putting all new acquisitions on hold. Mm. So the whole world changed overnight because of Nirvana. Yeah. So this this guy's whole life changed. So he was like learned to learn to produce other people's projects and became a producer and won a bunch of awards doing that. And he's just like that was his brush with. It had nothing to do with whether they were good or not. Yeah. It was just a matter of the whole world changed overnight. Now you could say, well, if you were good enough, you would have bubbled to the surface before. No, but then. you can't. You can't do you it when the know. world changes genres. Yeah, like you can't. Yeah. Hey, that happened to me. The world changed overnight, and I lost. Remember, uh, the Methodists were going to sign my book, No Arrivals, that I had been oh, working right. on for years. They yeah. wanted to make three books out of it. Mm-hmm. When I say the Methodists, guys, I mean the Methodist publishing. <laughs> like <laughs> like it's the mafia, the Methodists. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. Uh, and so we they had said a, there's a team of surgeons and the Methodists that you're in touch with. You know that now. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had a. Uh, they literally 
it was like they were getting all the numbers together. It was like a done deal almost. I was just waiting on the final offer. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, oh, we just got news today because of Amazon. Basically, we're closing down all of our Cokesbury stores. Uh-huh. So we're putting all new projects on hold. It was like, well, yeah, I mean, I can't help the fact that suddenly we're all, you know, it was also ebooks were really taken off right then. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's that leveled out now. Now, paper books are pretty much even with ebooks. Interesting. Again. Okay. Yeah. So people still want a book. They, they do. Thank God. Um, they want to hold it in their hands. Yep. I remember listening to the Hooting the Blowfish, and the song they always play on 90s on 9 is not I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's uh, I, only want, I Only Want to Be With You. Yeah. The, but Darius Rucker has this thing where he always adds a little extra note at the end of all of his things. Mm-hmm. Only want to be with you. He always, and I always look at her every time and I go, that guy really likes you, who? <laughs> <laughs> and she never laughs and it doesn't matter. She never point. laughs No, it's fine. Oh my gosh, Curry, what's going on? I told on? you, that's what I'm saying. She doesn't, she doesn't give it away easy. You right, know? You're gonna... Again, another 90s song. <laughs> 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 oh, we didn't know what it meant back then. Yeah, I only oh, want to be with you, who? Um, innocent time. I really oh, love you, who? I do love Hootie. Love do you really? Oh yeah. I think he's kind of a. I don't know. It's just he's he, very. I'm saying I love old Hootie and Blowfish music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think it was it was like such a. Did era. you like the country turn that he did? The reinvention. You know what? When I, I don't listen to a lot of country. Well, under, well Wagon Wheel's like a cover. I didn't know that. Like, Wagon Wheel was like, when he did that, that's like an old cover, Is that right? Rock Me Mama? Rock Wagon? Me Mama, like a Wagon Wheel. Wow, that was It was a huge hit. But yeah, I, mean, I just didn't a, know that was him. It was a cover, yeah. Wow, guys, I'm sorry. I want to say, I don't know who the original band is either. We're not like big country people. I that song that... A, that I always wagon, feel like a wagon wheel doesn't rock. Like well, something's wrong with think, your bearings. Yeah, I always happens. think. Do you know anything about wagons at all? Yeah, or how wheels work. You don't want a wheel to rock. You want it to roll. Yeah, like that. Roll what, me, mama, like a right wagon wheel. It's a if you are rocking, like it's about to come rock off me the like axle. A, mark me like a bassinet. Like you got a CV joint going out or something mm-hmm. like that. So Do they have CV joints in wagons. Uh, if they don't, they should. I mean, how your, are you going to turn? Your tie rod ends are your power steering won't work without it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> We know a lot about cars, you guys. This is Car Talk. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for being with us today. <laughs> Bob's on the line. He's got a 73 Buick Skylark, and he's got a question about rotors. <laughs> How did they do that? You know what I'm saying? Like they and That show was like the biggest show on NPR for yeah. years until those guys retired. Yeah. And they would just go, they were so charming. You ever listen to Car Talk? No. they go, what noise is it making? And they would... And they were so funny together. I was like, how do you diagnose car problems? Well, think about it. They're just like doctors. I guess. I mean, you know what I'm saying? My doctor, he just retired, was so knowledgeable. That was a bit I was working on, too, actually. I was trying to tell Rick Roberts to, uh, to say, how can I make this where it's not like weird and like it sounds too innuendo, but it was like a, a car guy and the doctor guy both say like, what noise is it making? You know, it's like, a, it's like a, is it a whining sound? No, yeah, she's whining. That's what you say to the marriage counselor. Yeah, it was a whining sound. It is. It is incessant. Now, why is it that she said that? So huh? you're one of the whiningest people I know. Oh, That's I can't true. Curry say it's a whining sound. I'm just See, trying to this be. This is me now. I'm taking, being the flustered husband on stage. I'm the pulling whole. all of the negatives of the patriarchy out of your act right Thank now, you. so that you are ready for anyway. But uh, Curry, we want to know: Does Johnny ever whine? That's the real question. 100. percent 100. percent Well, people always say to her, like, "You must laugh all, all the, the time. time." I bet it's just a riot. How do you even live? Oh yeah, yeah, a real riot. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw myself out a window at all. <laughs> but the truth is, like, yeah, I vacillate between really silly and completely uh, introspective and melancholy. Yeah. So 
and there's yeah, very little. Too. There's very little in between. I do too. I walk around talking in my dog's voice. Yeah. Or I'm like trying to figure out if I'm enough as a man, a husband, and a, and a pastor. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes in the same five-minute period, yeah. those two things happen. Yeah. It's some... Sometimes you use Brutus's voice to question your man, <laughs> which that's a weird thing to do. You need to see a therapist about the that. The funny thing is Sadie now does Brutus's voice for Ace. Okay. And so we have a lot of – we have like four-part conversation going now between me, Brutus, Ace, and Sadie. So yeah. it's it's complex. There's layers here. I think uh, the the term is sick. <laughs> It's not complex. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much fun. What's really funny is Sadie and I sit around trying to figure out what, because Sadie cooks, by the way, like crazy. She made me breakfast You yesterday. tell me this, that she's baking stuff from scratch and making Swiss she's, cheese, no, Swiss cream. Butter, yeah, Swiss buttercream. Swiss buttercream. American buttercream. She can tell you all the differences between it. French butter, like all of it. Yeah. And then cupcakes, cookies. Swiss buttercream comes with all those extra attachments and the tweezers and the... Right. You got to have the extra. Right, yeah, it's, I don't yeah, know. There you go. He's zinging them. <laughs> 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 and so, but she's cooking. She's cooking. She made me breakfast yesterday. I was on yeah. a call, a staff call, and she was like, "I was like, hey, can you get me? You know, you made me some eggs." And she goes, "Makes eggs." She literally was like, "Yeah, I put a splash of milk into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, she scrambled them. I added some uh, Gruyere cheese and some ham and some bacon, and then I topped it. Like she just, okay, yeah." And there, and she cooks eggs perfectly. Never overcooks them. She's like, my key is I want to make. She has like all these secrets that she's already learned from her mom that yeah. are her own. I make sure when it gets to this point that I do this. I'm like, oh my gosh, so this is great. So we a lot of kitchen terms is my point of that. So we try to figure out which kitchen terms mm-hmm. and kitchen utensils sound great in a Scottish accent. Because okay. it's really funny, like arugula, like we have these, right. you know, spatula, and so she'll. She'll, the other day, uh, one of them is, uh, uh, oh, wait for it. Um, oh, uh, bugles, you know. Yeah. yeah bugles? Bugles, And so the other sure. day, she doesn't know I'm in the bedroom. She's at the kitchen table, and mom hands her a pack of bugles to eat. And she takes it when no one's around. She opens it, and she goes, bugles. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, hey, what did you say? She goes, I didn't say nothing. And she thought she was in trouble. I was like, no, no, did you say bugles? And she was like, I did. And we just started, we just burst laughing. I was like, I've yeah. never been more proud yeah. that when you were sitting here by yourself, you just... You were being ridiculous. You just belted out a silly Scottish yeah. accent great. on the word bugle. You, yeah, I think more kids need to embrace their ridiculousness. It's okay. You got to. Yeah, you got to be whimsical. If you ever come to a place... Be, you got to be... Inter- you're more interesting. Yeah. Well, and also, you don't take life as seriously. I mean, there's just times you got to laugh. Like, I laugh a lot now when I do something stupid. Mm-hmm. All the time. Like, I'll just... I mean, again, it'll hurt real bad even. I'm like, God, that was stupid. I wish someone had a camera on me. You know, like this is... So- and many times they do because it's the now it's the right. 2020s. Oh, my goodness. There's always a camera on you. Yeah, I set up cameras all over the house. Even, so. even ones you don't know about. Your laptop camera's on right now, probably. I, I wonder Sending information that. to the yeah. ghost of Steve Jobs. My phone is doing it a lot more where we're talking about something and I'm getting ads. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. Like in-depth things that I don't know how it it translated. Like I wonder if there's someone on the other line going, okay, what we need to send is this. Like I'm not sure if the computer was smart enough to do what it did the other day. I won't tell you what it was. But if it was smart enough to... You don't want to give your computer the satisfaction. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to tell you what it was because I won't let the computer win. No, it was a little inappropriate. Laura and I were having a conversation, like a serious Uh conversation. We're getting a little edgy today. I like this. Yeah, you like it. And I just was kind of making... You're making it sound dirtier than it was. You're like, (laughs) we're having a conversation. I won't say what it was, but it was kind of inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it wouldn't be something I would talk in front of my daughter about. It was was an adult conversation, completely appropriate for me and her to have. Okay, sure. Okay. But then it... 
the phone sent me something like an ad. I even right. took it to her. It was Supposit- like a really inappropriate ad. I was like, uh, Tux medicated pads. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something adult that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't sexual. You know, adult stuff. Paint. <laughs> New shutters. What was these? Was it year act of the day or like now when I think about adult? Things. Oh yeah, you think about like uh, home mortgages and yeah. <laughs> That's right. These you are see adult. what the rates are doing? Stop with your adult. Talk. You're having adult conversations. <laughs> Term life insurance. Oh my goodness! I just got an ad for Bugles, by the way. When you, as you were no. talking, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It was a Scottish guy. Just a random email. <laughs> bugles. A guy in a kilt eating bugles. That would be. So that's when you're getting super specific. So yeah, hey, that's only of, for you. Speaking of kilts, yeah. Let's go to our question for today. I don't know. Question why. time. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with kilts at all. It's an Ask John and Johnny. Do you have that music queued up? Oh, yeah. Ask John and Johnny. It's been a long time. You don't have it. It's fine. Yeah, I got it right I here. didn't mean to spring it on you. <sighs> it's so appropriate. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's so perfect for what we're doing. It feels yeah. like, yeah, it feels like we're going to sit down and have a coffee and yeah. and just pour through. It's exactly. It fits with the other music, our intro and outro music. Like it's... <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Uh, hey, John and Johnny, I've been listening back to some older podcast episodes and you were talking about the body, soul, and spirit being made whole again. I'm assuming this will happen at the rapture, mm. but I wondered if you could talk a little more about that. So thanks. Uh, I won't say your name because I don't know if you want me to say your name or not. But this feels like a you question. I don't why? know. I don't know. I don't even know what I think about that. What are, what are the questions that you're supposed to answer? Like, hey, Johnny, what's your funniest? Dude? Why would you use that accent? I, just, I don't know. <laughs> These are our listeners, okay? Hey, Johnny. Well, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, but I mean, it's, the, it's more theological and you're more of a, the theologian of us, too. I wouldn't say I'm a theologian. So You're uh, a pastor? Yeah, I am that. Yeah. So, but, uh, there you I, go. Here we are though, giving you all the reasons why I shouldn't answer this. But, Body, uh, soul, and spirit. What was the question again? Be made one? Yeah, be made whole again. Be made like, whole again. I think that probably comes from old episodes we talked about. Um. Something like if it, there's some books on heaven and stuff I've been reading where you you really you, you don't understand the way our modern Christian mindset is is even at funerals and funeral homes uh, and I've been guilty of doing this just you know it was the way I was always raised is you walk up you see a body and you say to someone around well you know listen right that's not that's not Pawpaw. That's just a shell. It's a vehicle that got him around but now he's out you know yeah and then you really even within some uh, like when I say hymns, these days I think of hymns more. Hymns can mean multiple things. They generally are a style of song that have a theological, um, they have theological content that is taught and it is done in a certain between verse and course certain style. Um, but hymns for me also go back now historically, and then the way we were raised, there were a lot of things that we called hymns growing up that were more like 20th century, early 20th century songs, which mm-hmm. can be hymns, but I, I don't consider them among like the classics or where was a more mainstream thing. A lot of those types of hymns would even call the body a prison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so I remember songs in church growing up and talking about the body being a prison. And so one day and, I'll be free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so interestingly enough, and I understand where that comes from, especially, yeah. you know, there, there's something to be said for, um, you know, Paul indicated that he wanted to be free mm-hmm. from this body, from this life, 
that he wanted to be he, to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. And so it's not like it's all bad theology or something. Yeah. But, but I think what it doesn't take into account is the reality of the resurrection and the fact that the resurrection, Jesus doesn't just recreate new bodies for us. Like he reunites us with a glorified, he takes this body from wherever it is in the earth, whether it's dust or ash or wherever, and he reunites but from the original substance, it's a it, it, much like the the earth. You know, we always say God's going to destroy this world someday, and that's really not true. A better term would be renovate, mm-hmm. because the 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 earth is not going to be destroyed. The new earth is the old earth remade, um, renovated, and cleansed. God's actually going to follow through and complete His original plan. Well, if that's true, I got to say we're going to lose our damage deposit. <laughs> We have not been the best. <laughs> we we may have not stewarded all this really well. Yeah, I saw a guy running yesterday. I run, ran into by the boat launch where I run, and a yeah. guy got into his truck. He was older. He had two like grandkids with him. They were leaving, and a piece of paper dropped out. He mm-hmm. looked at it and just left it and closed his door. And I was super offended. I was like, man, and you shed a solitary tear. I wasn't going to pick it up. Though. It might have been it might have been covered with COVID. So I just, I left it as well. I wasn't carrying gloves, Johnny. I was running. So, but you know, there's that idea of, of God's going to renovate our bodies as well. Um, A lot of people believe that Jesus's state after the resurrection reflects somewhat what we can expect for us because we're going to follow him in his resurrection, meaning he looked like himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also saw though before the crucifixion and resurrection that he, was transfixed, excuse me, transfigured on the mount. And that moment we saw him kind of take on his heavenly, um, I guess, aura, if you want to call that. Mm-hmm. And you also saw Elijah and Moses representing the, the prophets and the law coming to confer with him on certain things about his crucifixion and about his mission. And I guess they were all so lit up, you know, that it was kind of a terrifying moment and also a, a moment of, you know, great almost ecstasy for the guys watching. Like they wanted to make it last forever and build, right. you know, build these tabernacles and things. And so <clears throat> there is like this heavenly body, I think, and we see in Revelation even and in Daniel, these, you know, the, the, what heavenly bodies look like in terms of angels, in terms of how Christ is described, how God is described and in, in the state beyond the one we're in now. But it is still the same body, I believe, in heaven today. Jesus' body in heaven today is the same human body that walked on the earth 2,000 years ago. Like he didn't turn into somebody else. He just is the first fruits of the actual resurrection, which makes me believe that's how it will be for all of us. Perhaps we'll be more, you know, have that light or that glory around us, much like he has in Revelation when we're present with him completely outside of this. So, you, you know, I think... Just that whole idea of the wholeness of body, mind, and spirit, excuse me, body, soul, and spirit, which your soul, people, sometimes sometimes soul and mind get separated in the list, and sometimes they're the same. Your soul, by most theologians, is considered to be your will, yeah. your emotional center, center of thought. Yeah, your thought, which is why mind. Um, so your, you know, your soul, is your soul eternal? You know, that's a question because we believe your spirit is eternal. Is your soul eternal? I mean, I believe yes. I mean, I think there's some there's some mystery between. Um, in fact, soul, if I remember correctly, I just just can't even. I think soul in the Greek is psyche. I think that's actually one of the words for it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, some other version of might perhaps pronounced correctly, uh, but that's that's the way I would pronounce it. 
uh, and then you know your body is soma, which if you ladies shop at soma, that's mm-hmm. why it's called that. That's a Latin, I believe, term. About maybe Greek as well, or maybe Greek. Sorry, guys, I'm not a scholar. I just remember some words. Uh, and, and then uh, your spirit is pneuma, which is breath or wind. And so this combination of all three is what makes up. You know, but you are not. I believe we are not just floating. Some people think they go to heaven. They're just like floating spirits playing a ukulele. Yeah, or you know, uh, I think it's a harp, Johnny. I don't know. I'll have of, a, I'll have a ukulele. What sort of? <laughs> it's like a Jimmy Buffett kind of heaven. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so it was fishing off the cloud. Yeah, like that. What was the what movie company has the logo where the little boys fishing? Oh, uh, Imagine Entertainment. Yeah, maybe? something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think Amblin. I can't remember realizing that. The body is not evil. Like, I think that's the big thing yeah. that we've gotten into. Like, th- think about all the shame even that we put towards the body in, yeah. in Christian culture over the, especially early 20th century holiness movement, those kinds of things. Cover everything up. And, and certainly I'm not, I'm not anti um, being, you know, respectful or, or you know, not uh, demonstrating an attitude of lust or, you know, being immoral with, the, with your looks, all those things. I just think, you know. I can remember growing up in camp and right. you know, having camp directors measuring girls' shorts yeah, with yeah. You know, rulers, and there's a lot of shame and those kinds of things that go along with that. And that, that, that again, played into the patriarchy stuff, too, of like putting all the responsibility yeah. for guys stumbling on the girls. Yeah. Like, it's your responsibility. Yeah. These are animals, and yeah. you have to protect them from themselves. Yeah. Like, never mind just telling the boys, hey— what if you didn't just stare at her chest? Right. <laughs> you need to be, you need, yeah. It's yeah. your job to walk in the self-control that the spirit offers you. Yeah, it's And tough. you should struggle. Yeah. So for, it's the thing I always tell at the, when we talk about sex at the, that marriage conference in Wisconsin, I always say, hey guys, above all else, just know something. You're not animals. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't believe who you are in Christ and then he's, you know, yes, this is a struggle. And if you stop struggling and think this is just what guys do, you know, yeah. then what are we even doing? You know, um, you, you know, so yes. You don't have to be condemned because uh, mm-hmm. grace says, yes, you are bankrupt morally and spiritually. That's what grace says for all of us. And we always – I said that today on a call like, hey, if you go to a Civil War battlefield and one guy died from a cannonball, one guy died from a musket ball, one guy died from disease, you wouldn't sit up there and go, well, that guy's more dead than that guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how we all got here. We're all dead. That's kind of what the, the basis of the gospel is. And we want to kind of nitpick. Well, that guy, though, he was... He's way deader right, than He me. was way yeah. deader because he was addicted to porn. And that guy, though, his was not as bad. He was just sort of self-righteous. You know, it's like, you know, dead people, you know, you don't really distinguish. Um, but I think that unification of the body back with the spirit and the soul is is a part of God's wholeness for the future uh, for us. And it also causes you maybe to even add more... Not undue honor, because we worship the body a little bit in, the, in our modern culture. But in terms of taking care of it, other things, you know it's not going to last forever, and, th- and that's okay. But you don't have to hate it. You don't have to hate your looks and hate those yeah. things, you know. And know that, that, you know, I don't believe that the conventional, whatever the worldly standards of beauty and all those things, I don't think those will apply either, because we'll be, we'll be um, I guess, glorified. So you're in saying a way. I might be attractive in heaven. Johnny, there's a good chance that wow, someone... It's a totally different standard. What if I'm a hottie in heaven? Somehow, with a miracle of heaven is, someone might find you attractive. Like I'm, so. a, like I'm a heaven eight, but I'm like a Tennessee four. That's <laughs> that's something. That's funny. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. But I do think, you know, there's that... It does bring some comfort. I think there's one of the reasons why seeing... And when I begin to think of it like that, like, you know, well, one, yes, 
it is true that when I'm looking at the body of a loved one that's passed on, mm-hmm. I'm not looking at their full self. Yeah. But I am still looking at them. I'm just not, I'm looking at them in the way that God never intended for me to. Mm-hmm. I think that's why death is so, is so much the equalizer and it's so much also the crux of the matter of faith and eternity is it is an inescapable reality for all of us, regardless of what we feel, how we think, how we philosophize, how we you know, live our lives. That is the great common denominator of our experience. And it also is a reminder when it happens, um, though it is happening, it feels wrong every time. Yeah. No one ever goes, well, you know, now we might say my grandfather just passed. He, he lived a great life. Yeah, you justify his name as 91. 91, he, yeah. yeah. I might say he lived a good life, but it's still <clears throat> his wife, who's mm-hmm. my grandma, who cried over his casket the night before and sat there mourning and talking to him and talking about, you know, what and going through their daily routine and how different it's going to be. Yeah. And you realize 51 years of them doing this. And you go, it wasn't, it didn't feel right to her. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think that that's, I know that sounds like bad news. But I think that's actually a part of the good news is that even that with the, with the reunification of body, soul, and spirit, even that will be redeemed. God's going to make sure that's made right. That he's not going to let that waste go, you know, that he's going to make this right. And that's just, the, again, another part of the gospel. I think I wasn't, you know, and interestingly, I talked about it last week a little bit, but it's Plato. And, and when you really begin to study second century, third century church history, it is... There's so much is coming in, especially when suddenly the Roman Empire went from persecuting Christians to becoming a Christian empire with mm-hmm. Constantine. And so now, in fact, this, I was reading a thing today or yesterday. The emperor called this huge uh, – he, he actually called this feast because they're coming in. He's bringing all the church leaders in to deal with a certain heresy. I think it was the Arian heresy, which basically is saying that Jesus was a lesser god. Okay. A lot of the early heresies dealt with that, that Jesus wasn't deity. It's like he, a demigod. That he was created by God, though he's better than us. And so that that was a real pagan viewpoint because, you know, so it's dealing with the mystery of the Trinity and they're kind of all struggling with that. And so the Constantine knew <clears throat> that there needed to be unification in the empire. And so he brought all these guys in and the author of this history book is writing like, could you imagine? And he even knows a lot of them historically. He's talking about them. One guy had his eye like plucked out when he was tortured and persecuted. Another guy hmm. had very little use of his arms because of the torture. He'd been tortured by the Roman empire and now they're called in and celebrated around the table hmm. and like given this feast. And it still became way political by the way. And, and the nationalism mixed with it became a real problem. And over the next several years, you know, 50 years, so same guys would be exiled by one emperor brought back in by the yeah. next exile. It was all like sounds, this sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. And so it, it, it didn't, it wasn't all great, but the, you know, when they, when he brought them in and, and he was dealing with this stuff, Greek ideas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, romance culture just means Roman romance languages, English, Spanish, they all come from Latin. They all come so Latin and Greek are closely related, but it has to do deal with Greek and Roman culture. And so, uh, or classical, if you hear that term really just means Greek and Roman in, in those times, classical literature, classical music, sort of that 
idea, though different instruments, informed a lot of Renaissance culture. Right. Again, a revival. Renaissance is this bringing back to life what was once great about Greek and Roman culture that sort of had laid dormant throughout the Middle Ages. And so um, this idea, though, of whether or not to allow Greek philosophy into Christianity at all, and I, I think it was Origen maybe who really kind of championed this idea that all truth is God's truth. Mm-hmm. And he began to really think that if you see a beautiful sunrise, it's kind of the origins of uh, – no pun intended. He was O-R-I-G-E-N. That was his name. <clears throat> of Alexandria, I think. And uh, his idea was that it was kind of the epicenter of common grace, meaning I don't th- – there are things about God that are good that are outside of just what we state here in faith. you know. Yeah. And, and so there was like this um, – this movement there of – and it kind of brought in the thinking Greek person who was already exposed. And so when we say Plato, Platonic, which I looked it up and talked about. So it's a Platonic idea that the body is a prison. Yeah. Like he was the one who believed that your spirit and soul, even though he's not a believer, but that idea spiritually of that philosophy is that you transcend this. This is the body is something to be transcended, that it it's limited, you know. I don't think he was not celebrating it, just that it wasn't as, as powerful as your mind, you know, your soul, whatever words that, that the Greeks would have put to it at that moment in time. So you and I were asking, like, well, platonic, you know, also for us means a romantic, excuse me, a, 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 a male-female friendship that's not romantic. Yeah. You know, and so I looked that up. The reason we call that platonic as well is he actually thought that there could be a friendship so strong, a love so strong that it didn't need uh, romantic interaction. I've met a lot of girls in my high school life that felt strong. I didn't know that they were platonic. <laughs> I didn't know that they studied Plato, but that must be where they came up with that. Dude, they, lo- they he invented the friend zone. They loved you more than romance. They were like, this is better than if we were to make out. And That's I was like, I don't, can we try it my way? <laughs> can, can I let you know afterwards? Yeah. I was definitely that guy yeah. that come over. Brad's the worst. He's oh. terrible to me. All he wants to do is make out. I'm like, I want to make out with you too. <laughs> Here, <laughs> let, play with my hair for a minute. Make me feel better. Yeah. Uh, Brad's the worst. Yeah. Uh, I hate him though because it's so cute. Um, <sighs> but yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. So he believed that there was a it was a, a there was a higher plane, correct? And so then Christianity, there's a purity, and there is something to that. Yeah. You, you see that still where people go, "Oh, I don't want to get intimate because it'll spoil the friendship." Yeah, yeah, you, you hear that from people. Uh-huh. Oh, it'll, it'll ruin everything if we put it on this level, right? Well, and that's you know, and my wife is still holding out. I got to say, <laughs> it's, it's been, been twenty five years. It's unbelievable, wow. but. We're going to get there, John. Wow, that's amazing. No, and I think I think just that idea is very fascinating to me that it may be within some of our early church history that gave us the idea that the body is something to be transcended. Certainly the body is something to be eventually left. Well, I think you could put it lower on the totem pole. Now I'm mixing religions. You could put it lower uh, on the ladder. Yeah. Without saying it's ugly right. and awful and to be thrown away. Yeah. You can still honor somebody's body, especially at their funeral. Yeah. And, well, this is just a 
like we make these statements, but yeah, it's very dismissive at some point to yeah. someone who cared for this person and their body. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to be careful. Yeah. And, and to be to like, not be okay with, but to accept the idea that this is not as it should be. Yeah. I try to make that idea it, when I do funerals now, uh, you know, completely abundantly clear because everybody, the gospel says this is not as it should be. And Jesus is going to make this right. This is the hope. I mean, uh-huh. this is the blessed hope. And to our listeners question about the rapture, that, that's another, yes, I, I, I don't know when or how or what um i do know it talks it speaks of the rapture in thessalonians and there will be a moment when all things are brought together now i'm, I'm not going to get I, I don't think it'd be i i think we'd have a fascinating conversation about you know pre-trib mid-trib post-trib how it all plays into the end and all those things something i said sunday in my message on isaiah you know is again we're not i don't think that god is that interested in us having a lot of information about those things because even Jesus chose to not have that information or be obedient to not his point being even his followers, you know, Hey, when are you going to do all this? How's it going to work? And he's like, well, and the information that that he did give us besides Paul's explicit stuff in Thessalonians is for the most part, very, it it could be interpreted allegorically. It's poetic language in some ways, you know, again, um, apocalyptic literature was a thing in, in Bible times. Like there are other documents that did not make it into the canon. Like, so number one, we call it the revelation of John, mm-hmm. but another title for that is the apocalypse of John. And there's also the apocalypse of Peter. And there was all, there was multiple like apocalyptic literature of that sort was a thing. And often it was also erroneously written on purpose under the pseudonym of somebody famous so that you would get it published or so it would get circulated. That, mm-hmm. that, that was a big thing. And the Revelation actually in itself was not – and again, I believe in Revelation as a part of the canon. It was not included in the original canon. Yeah. Like it came in later because they were – it was so much – it was so much mystery. That's why they, they weren't as, – as was a lot of those books that we have traditionally placed at the end, Second Peter, Second and Third John, and uh, Jude and Revelation were all added later. I mean, not much later by historical standards for us, you know, but but they weren't like in that original because they were still processing whether or not these are. And there were other, there was the gospel of Peter that didn't make it. It was obviously not by Peter and obviously not aligned with the other things. So I still like to say, like, I don't postulate anymore a lot about the rapture except to say that I believe that there's something mysterious coming when God will uh, make things, he, he will come back physically to earth i believe he's omnipresent and here i believe we are his body on earth all those things there'll be a moment where nobody dies anymore uh that that now we're moving from this dispensation to the next much as if much the same as when christ came we move from that dispensation till now from the law to grace we'll move Mm -hmm. from grace into whatever the next thing will be called called and and the law and the grace remain they're not they're you know they're, they're 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 not invalidated they're becoming completed at each stage so the point of the law is it points you to the idea that you can't keep it so still the law remains though anybody out there who keeps the law 100 percent, you get to go to heaven if you do it with nothing like you, you never make a mistake your entire life in pure and heart mind and spirit according to god's law you absolutely are completely righteous and you will stand with the most righteous one in heaven like the law remains Except that nobody's ever done that but Jesus Christ up to now. So it might, you know, so again, the law is not invalidated. Right. It just proves that nobody can. So then grace says everybody can who will come under the one who kept that law. 
who will who will be you know in relationship with him then by that proxy uh, by that payment that propitiation of what was owed then now you get to come so you know it's the same thing for the future i don't know when that dispensation comes or what it is i do think that a lot of time spent and this is just my personal this is a very pastoral take yeah there's so much energy especially in uh you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, so much energy even into fictional literature given to the end right. of the world. Left the behind books and the movies and the... Yeah. It's such a movement. In fact, I had publishers talking about it today, you know, about what that what that was. And, and I, I think, like, I'm torn by it because I'm like, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I do believe the Bible. I just believe... It's kind of like this. Again, I just preached on Isaiah. Nobody knew what Isaiah meant until after Jesus came, and then they looked back. In fact, it even says that. Mm-hmm. That's what the road to Emmaus was about. That the the gospel writers say repeatedly, look, they didn't understand that he was fulfilling the prophecies until yeah. later. Like, over and over and over again. So if you're in Isaiah's time, you kind of know that something's coming. But to spend all of your time trying to figure out what it's going to look like, you never would have guessed a baby born in a manger <laughs> right. You never would have guessed that he was poor. Never would have guessed that he traveled around. That he was, you know, right. They got the themes right, but not the details necessarily. Yeah. It's a very different. Yeah, it wasn't meant to do that. It was yeah. meant to show that God planned it, and when it happened, now you can put the pieces together. But it's not like something he wanted you to predict. And so that's why the road to Emmaus, he goes, let me show you. And he starts from the scriptures, from the law forward, and blows yeah. their minds and showing them and opens up their heart to what the prophecies now meant. And I kind of think that's what, to me, I see about end time yeah. stuff. Look, okay, get I get some of the themes. I do. I have a feeling it's not going to be the way yeah. that any well, of I us. I think we're gonna, a lot of us are going to be surprised. Yeah, it'll be it'll that's be something. Point. Yeah, I think it's the way of the podcast too. Like our purpose now versus like when you look at it twenty years from now, how are we going to be viewed? Be like, you know what? They were on to something. It's a shame they died penniless. <laughs> You know, like if only we'd known how on the nose they were about some of this stuff, but we couldn't have known. And that's why we didn't support their Patreon. It's kind of like the guys in the road of Maya said, did our hearts not burn within us whenever he was talking? Yeah, no Listener, if your heart's burning, no one's ever, please take, take a pill, get, get some Malox, <laughs> call an ambulance because we're not Jesus. Um, yeah. No, but that's, that's kind of my take on that. I do think that, yes, it's coming. I think it's fascinating. I believe in it. I think that my energy should be spent on the explicit parts that God was not mysterious about. I think that's what he even said. Hey, Jesus, when will you end all things? Jesus says, even I don't know that. That's not what I want you to focus on. Go wait in Jerusalem and then go into all the, the world. And then, by the way, remember the greatest commandment I gave you a hundred days ago? Or sorry, how many days was he on earth? 50, 40. Remember 40 days ago, right before I died, when I told you, this is what I want you to focus on. This is the new commandment. This is the thing. Do this. Make disciples and be disciples like this. It will take all your energy, all your life. It, trust me. Try to love somebody as Christ loves you. Spend your energy on that. It, it'll take everything you got. And, and so it doesn't mean I don't have some knowledge or I don't read up or find it almost like an interesting hobby. I just believe Jesus will take care of the future. Repeatedly, he says that. Repeatedly, he says, this is not what I came to tell you about. Yeah, I think sometimes eschatology can be like a search for control. Yes. Because you want... Us, we seek certainty so much because yeah. it's like, especially in this age, when you just Google any fact, be like, I know it, and now now that I know that, I have power over X Y Z. Right. But you feel powerless when you're like, well, when is it? What happens when you die? Right. To I mean, that's the the eternal question. What happens to me when I die? 
And so to not know 100% all of that stuff, there's just a lot of mysterious language in the Bible, and you're just like, you've you got to really trust some of it. But like, we're, we're fatigued by that. Yeah. And to not allow it to become another and you know, Paul talked about that don't 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 let yourself always be learning but never be able to come to a knowledge of the truth you know, don't let yourself spend your time on endless genealogies and arguments that come to no fruition like the gospel is really plain and clear loving your enemies is a tough tough job to do you need to focus on the fact that you can't you're powerless to manage your sinful behaviors in your life and what you need is Jesus working in you through real community with other people I mean it, I know it sounds like oh gosh yeah but that's not sexy and what if I but I, that's not a, like guys that's that's it and yeah. until I'm doing that completely then I don't want to be found putting a whole lot of energy into a lot of other things that are Jesus related oh it sounds weird I'd rather write a funny book about endorsementship than than I would like be finding it spending six months you know trying to and again and I'm doing a lot of thoughts and research on race right now but that's the gospel to me mm-hmm. like I see it from Acts chapter 1 with the Greek widows and the Hebrew widows I see that was the backdrop Reggie said Reggie Dabbs said something to me by the way he said the woman at the well he said it's one of the only times that Jesus sent all the disciples away he, yeah. goes, he goes I think he did it because he knew they'd be in the way of what he wanted to do and the question is, will you be in the way of what God wants to do? Because they were not going to tolerate him speaking to a Samaritan woman. It hmm. even says in parentheses that Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. There's racial tension all throughout the gospel, and it's one of the things that the gospel comes to take away. It yeah. comes to heal. And so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like, there are other topics that are, are wrapped up in the gospel. And I think eschatology is one of those. Eschatology, by the way, means end times, you guys. Sorry, we're just using that term. Around. It means study of end Study of end <laughs> And so go see your eschatologist and uh, just like I have my team of surgeons, you have yours. Um, so, but no, I think it's, I think it's okay to have it. And it's, there's nothing wrong with it. And I do know that revelation says at the end, there's a blessing on those who read this and, you know, not to add to it and all those things. And, you know, again, I think I would take that into the whole, that was the other thing that origin really focused on is a holistic Bible approach like, I'm not going to just pull out of Isaiah and Ezekiel a couple right. things. I'm going to look at this big picture from start to finish. And one great resource, by the way, for you guys for that is uh, the Bible Project. Go to the go to BibleProject.org. Oh, no. Is it .com? Because it really is amazing. We're using these in our sermons right now. Can you just right look now. for them on YouTube as well? Aren't they all YouTube videos as well? BibleProject.com. Yeah, you can get them on YouTube, and they link to YouTube videos. But there's there's a video, amazing video, illustrated for every book of the Bible, and they do a really great job. Yeah, they're cool. And the series we're in is called Common Thread because we're trying to do that. What is the common thread of the gospel throughout Scripture yeah. from Genesis to Revelation? Because when you get in the middle of Song of Solomon, you're like, whoa, you know, right. what does this have to do? So let's not – eschatology can become your Song of Solomon. You spend all your time reading something, trying to figure out what it means when it has – it's just a brick in the wall. Let it be a brick in the big wall and don't focus on just the brick. Guys, mm. am I right? Oh, no. Preach. Oh, my goodness. Some of y'all been throwing bricks. Wait. Some of y'all need mortared. So- <laughs> don't wait. Don't waste your life on what doesn't mortar. Oh, oh that's, that's <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. This feels like a wrong note to leave on. And yet uh, we must. Yet we must because uh, our time is up. We appreciate you listening today. Thank you to all of our patrons. Immediately means a lot to us. You've you helped us support. build a wall. That's right. You're our masons, not the wait, not the, the weird like religious free. thing. You guys are free masons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
No, make sure you share it with somebody uh, and send us more questions. I hope I hope that did an adequate job. I mean, we could have talked more, maybe, but uh, uh, I don't think question. I don't think you could have talked more. <laughs> I'm kidding, John. <laughs> Is, right, Is this so? thing on? Oh my goodness. Only a real friend would that be that painfully honest. I accept your admonishment. No, it was good. I get it. You, it was a good answer. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So, hey, send us more things you want us to talk about. It could be historical, political. It can be comedy related. Uh, we do have an expert. Comedian. I used to be a comedian. Oh, you're still a comedian. All right. John. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. John. Yeah, it means a lot. So, That's so sweet of you to say. Any of you out there that want to book a comedian right now <gasps> for a, an online show, a virtual maybe, show? Maybe you want to be the one to dip your toe in the water, do the socially distance. Uh, I'd love to come to your church. Their yeah. church is doing it now. Yeah. Uh, be that church. You could do that. I don't know. Johnny would love to come. I would. I mean, Maybe an outdoor. It's, unless it's unsafe for we're him. We're working on doing like an outdoor thing with this guy named Ted Lowe who does marriage events, and we're doing a, an event. He does an event called Your Best Night Out, wow. and he's calling it Your Best Night Outside. Nice. It's like he's added a little side to it. I did was it. add a side to it. Yeah. There's a lot of sides to marriage, John. Oh, my goodness. There's inside, there. outside. Anyway, we're going to do outside events, and we'd love to come to your church. Yeah. You can find more about that. from uh, Go to my Facebook. There's a link. Yeah. And go to Johnny's Instagram and follow him if you haven't. Uh, yeah. You can check us out, all of our all of our uh, respective socials. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Talk About That. want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.